Bible said God made all his goodness pass before Moses. And he said, the Lord or Jehovah, Jehovah Elohim, or the, Jehovah, or the Jehovah Elohim, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. And the Lord said, this is what I need you to know about me. This is who I am. At the very essence, this is who God is. He's merciful. He's gracious. He's long-suffering. You know, he's full of goodness and mercy for all of us. And so all of this other stuff that life throws at us and try to dictate to us this is who God is, I've decided I'm going to add nothing to who God said he is. I'm not going to put no conditional statements on it and say if. God say I'm merciful. I'm not saying if I walk right or if I do everything right. No, he said I'm merciful and gracious, and he give me room to grow. He's merciful and gracious, long-suffering. Give me room. And in that atmosphere is what I'm going to grow in. I, I realize that's the atmosphere I need to grow in. Just like a, a, a plant need a good atmosphere to grow in, I need that atmosphere. I need to know that he's merciful. And he's gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in goodness and truth. But as I was saying, I give honor to Bishop, giving honor to our First Lady today, giving honor to all of our elders, 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 ministers, all whom honors do. I want to praise God for my aunt back there and her husband uh, who came from Charlotte. I just praise God for him. I, I, I always think about uh, nobody knows, and maybe my wife knows better than anybody, what I went through last year, about this time, and um, it was so rough. And I don't know, it must have been the Lord, but that aunt right there, and one aunt that's about my age, she, they stepped up, and they were there with me almost every Saturday, trying to help me get things taken care of, because it was rough. It was rough. We still got stuff in the storage building now that we end up getting to put my brother's stuff in, and I told my wife, I said, we can get rid of it this year. I think I'm ready. Last year, I just wasn't ready. And I just thank God for that aunt and for my other aunt that just stepped up to help. And they just, it was God because I didn't tell them. I mean, they, they know me. I'm not going to do no talking. I'm not. But I just thank God for them because they stepped up. My, my wife, she was there by my side every step of the way. Every step of the way. I just praise God. And I thank God for the people at TOP. I remember Brother Monica. He come and he helped me all he could. And everybody that, 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 that was praying for me. I just praise God for it. I mean, I, I said that because, uh, you know, because of my aunt back there. But um, it, was, it was a lot to really endure. And I just praise God for it. Um, I wanted to piggyback on the message last Sunday when Bishop uh, spoke on the resurrection. And uh, I just feel like that the resurrection is a topic that we ought to discuss more than just one Sunday. Because it's so important. And so I wanted to, you all know that my area is Christian apologetics. And the Lord's will, I got two more weeks in this, this semester, and then I'm on my last semester, and I, and I graduate um, with a master's in Christian apologetics. But my you know, what I do now by just trade is defend the faith. I listen, 
but I'm ready to defend the faith, and I know when I'm out of my element. And I saw one today to, to build a case for the resurrection. You can go down. I was talking to Minister Small, and I told her, I said, you know, we can never prove anything 100%. But what we can do as a good attorney is provide enough evidence to show you why it's more plausible <laughs> that this did happen. I know a lot of times we've gotten used to saying, well, the Bible says so. That's good. Like I was telling Minister Small, I said, that's the beginning and that's the end. But there's a whole lot of stuff in the middle that we need to become familiar with. So do the case for the resurrection, let us pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this day and for this hour. We praise you, Lord God, for our leadership here, Bishop Jackson, and for our first lady and all the elders and ministers. We thank you for, you, for your people. Now, Lord God, I have been given the task to speak, uh, to bring the message, not to come up with a message, but to bring a message from your throne to this, your people. Now, Lord God, I realize that I must move out of the way, and I do that gladly. Move myself out of the way and say, have your way. Let your name be glorified in this atmosphere. Satan, with the Lord rebuke you. The hand of God is against you. We plead the blood of Jesus in this atmosphere. Holy Spirit, have free reign here. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. A case for the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the central event of the New Testament. Because of that, it is the central focus of both attacks and defense of Christianity. It has been said by some who do not believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ that the reason they do not believe is because the dead stay dead. The resurrection of Jesus Christ cannot be proven by science. No, no, no. Science is out of its element. Science cannot, uh, cannot prove the supernatural. It can only prove what it can measure in the laboratory. It can only prove what it can assign a value to, a number, but it cannot prove the supernatural. So when you start talking to somebody and they're trying to say, prove that God exists, well, I can give you enough information, but I can't prove it by your scientific methods. You know, I remember hearing a man on, uh, I stumbled over him on the internet, and you know, like I said, one thing about, you know, studying, defending the faith, you have to listen to a lot. You have to listen to the ones that agree with you. You have to listen to the ones that don't agree with you. And I was listening to this man that I never heard anybody attack the Apostle Paul. I've heard people in hardly any religions, uh, uh, very few, few religions, say that Jesus do not exist or did not exist. They don't say that because he did. It's, it is historically proven that Jesus did exist. These were uh, 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 historians that were not Christians that say Jesus existed, okay? But uh, this one man, uh, uh, he attacked the apostle Paul. Why would he attack Paul? He attacked Paul because Paul is the, is, was the apostle to the Gentiles. And if he can attack the doctrine that you know, of uh, redemption. If he can uh, uh, attack the doctrine of the original sin, all of this stuff the Lord gave to Paul. If he can attack the doctrine of the resurrection, he can uh, detach us from uh, uh, what Jesus established and he can make it 
whatever he wanted to be. He said that the apostle Paul was a phony. I never, and I, I remember that man's name, but I don't want to listen to him because he got on my last nerve. I won't even tell y'all his name because he'll get on your nerve too. Yeah, he, he, was just, he was just a mess. I ain't never heard nobody do that. But he was attacking the apostle Paul. Well, Paul was the one that the Lord gave the, 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 the revelation that, uh, uh, for the Gentiles, you know, and I praise God for it. But you do realize that all the revelation Paul received, he received it through suffering. Nothing we get, no elevation we get in the body of Christ come through just a life of roses and daisies. Everything going fine. No, 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 no. God can't allow that to happen. Because the Bible says he has chosen the foolish thing to confound the wise. I was listening to somebody talking about the man in Kenya that, that was stuttered and got delivered. I said, Lord, my aunt could tell you I was bad stuttering. My grandmama used to call me their preacher. And I stuttered. I couldn't get a word out edgewise. edgewise. One of the worst words I ever got was because I couldn't get it out. I was trying to explain mama what happened. My brother had done it. But I couldn't get it out. And I, and I lied to you not. I'm trying to get out and I'm hitting my leg, trying to get it out because I felt like that helped me come. It wouldn't come out. And so my mama said, I'm going to whip both of you. And so I got one of the worst beatings. I guess it was the worst because I realized I didn't do nothing. He did it. But I got a whooping because I couldn't get it. I stuttered bad. I used to stutter bad. And what it was, when I sung, I didn't stutter. You know, it's so, so weird. When I sung, I won, won a talent show uh, singing. Won $1,500. I got my first call with that. And had they interviewed me afterwards, people would have said, Woo! <laughs> Thank God they didn't, they didn't ask me to talk afterwards, you know. But as time went along, then it seemed like the Lord made it where, I mean, I'm not, you can still see signs of it there, and, I, and I'm not ashamed of it. But uh, uh, especially my wife, she know when I get, she can tell when I'm upset. When I'm nervous and stuff, I start stuttering. You know, it comes back. But the Lord left enough of it there to where I have to depend on him. I'm up here this morning depending on God because I know me. Had it been the way it was, I wouldn't be able to do this. So I want to build this case for the resurrection. Like I said, the resurrection of Jesus Christ uh, cannot be proven by science. It is in the area of the supernatural, an area beyond and out of the reach of the scientific measurement of any kind. Therefore, when we are looking for proof of the resurrection of Christ, science is the wrong place to look. Uh, those who believe uh, that all there is, is is the natural would never believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you believe that all there is is the natural, you know, some, some, some uh, uh, philosophers say that. All that, all that ever have been is the natural, and that's all that ever will be. They said uh, you got some cr creative creation stories that they say that and I won't get into all that, but they say that we borrowed from, Moses borrowed from, and they got one God that created himself. First lady, he cre created himself. Just popped up. That's the problem. Because I want to know what's going to happen when he ceases to be. If he, if he started, 
is there ever a time when he will cease to be? Thank God, the God that we serve, we don't have that, 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 that story. We don't have that narrative that he just popped up. It's a he, he, he's from everlasting to everlasting, which blows our mind because we're so used to being born, you go up and then you plateau and then you go down. That's just the way life is. You plant a tree, that tree is going to go up, it's going to eventually plateau, and then it'll start going down. That's just the way corruption is. And so uh, I thank God we're not serving a God like that. Um, it's like those who may be called Christians by name only, seeking to, to, uh, to bind God into their, or be a God, or to create a God in their own image. They look for a, 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 a God that they can put into their small uh, understanding and say, this is the way he works. So they don't want, they, they want, it's harder for them to believe in the uh, supernatural because of the fact if the, if the God that they uh, serve is in their image, then he has faults. There are times he may get angry with, well, with you and he stopped dealing with you. If he's in my image, there's time, Brother Jonathan, he may get upset with me and I'm praying and he's just not answering. And so I, but I've learned that that's not the case. Many times when I pray, he's waiting on me to get where I can get to the place where he's able to commune with me. It's not always me doing the talking. I need to shut up and just wait. The scripture says, wait on the Lord and be of good courage, right? And he shall strengthen thine heart. Now, Oh, uh, we'll find out if we get down, down here that uh, for us to really believe and to really have it uh, a, a good, a good, not understanding per se, but it is an understanding, but for us to know of a surety that Jesus has been resurrected, we got to spend time in the presence of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, 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 you know, we, we can never experience the effects of the, uh, of the resurrection if we're not willing to, to spend time in the presence of God. The effects of the re- resurrection, what do it affect? It affect my personality. Peter said like this, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus is the Lord now. He's not just Jesus. He's Lord Jesus. Why? Because he has conquered death, hell, and the grave. He's Lord Jesus. That's why Paul said, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, not just Jesus, the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God has what? Raised him from the dead. That resurrection is very important. We have to be assured that Jesus was resurrected, not just because the Bible says so, but because I know so. You weren't there. You didn't see it. But how you know? I know. And I'm going to tell you, ooh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. How we can know that he is resurrected. Case for the resurrection. Um, it go, uh, in a sermon, I would like to build my case by considering some uh, 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 anomalies that also point to the fact of the historical, that of uh, uh, that point to the effect of a historical re- resurrection. I would also like to make use of well-known scriptures concerning the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Finally, I want to, uh, I would like to use the, the death and the torture of the witness and the word for witness in the Greek is martyr. Martyr. 
Don't you know that's what we are? When we say, I'm a witness for Christ, you a martyr. That means you are willing to die. And if it's not a physical death, we are called to die daily to ourselves. We are, that's the only way we can be a true witness to Jesus Christ is to die daily. That's the only way we are able to, 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 to bear witness to the resurrection is to die first. The way to, the way to, to, to the resurrection is through Calvary. If there is no Calvary, there is no resurrection. If we're not willing to die, there is no experiencing the resurrected power of Jesus Christ. We cannot circumvent the process. Death is necessary. And, you know, somebody wrote a song a while back, Must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone. There's a cross for me. We can't get around it. We should embrace our cross passionately because we know what the end is going to be. We don't know how it's going to come about, but we know what it's going to be. Oh, my God. So, therefore, we should not fear what the enemy can throw at us. This is what he said about Job. Skin for skin. And all that a man has, he'll give for his, his life. Now, if Satan knows that all he got to do is throw a couple of things at you and you're going to just fold up and quit. If he knows he can throw a couple of things at you and you're going to curse God to his face. He ain't got to do much. He could just throw what he knows is going to work. Don't you know that you throw him off his game when he throw at you what he's been throwing at you and it don't work this time? Why? Because you're standing in the power of Christ. Having done all the stand, this is worn, stand. So I get out of myself and I get into Christ. And it's the Christ that I'm standing in now. My God, I've been pushed beyond myself. Oh, and it don't feel good. God is a difficult. But when we want it so passionately, Lord, I want to be like you. I want to be like you. I, I, you know, when some people get saved, I've, I've heard them say this, and they're young Christians. When they get saved, they love everybody. Oh, I love everybody. It don't happen like that, not overnight. Because somebody will come your way that's hard to love. And it's almost like uh, uh, when a, uh, what's that, a clam makes a pearl, a pearl is made, or an oyster. A, 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 a pearl is made, it's because there's some kind of uh, irritant that has gotten enlarged in there and it's start, uh, secreting uh, 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 some, some kind of, uh, I don't know what they call it, but it, it's secreted, secreted, and for some, in some kind of way, it becomes perfectly round. And it's become very valuable. And don't you know sometimes God would allow some kind of irritant <laughs> to get in there. Oh, my God, it ir irritates you. An orange cannot give up forth its flavor until it's squeezed. An apple cannot give forth that aroma until it's been bruised. Oh, my God. And we trying to get away free. Walk through life, tiptoeing through the day. Y'all too young to remember that. Oh, a tiny the tulip. 
tiptoeing through the tulip. That was Tiny Tim. It wasn't nothing tiny about him. <laughs> tiptoeing through the tulips. That's not the way it worked. Jesus instructed his disciples in Acts 1-4-B, do not leave Jerusalem. Now, this is my uh, witness first. I'm calling this witness first. But he said, wait for the gift of my father, that my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. Several things we may uh, that uh, several things may go unnoticed with just a casual reading. Number one is none of these men were from Jerusalem. None of them. They were they were from Galilee. Jesus told them to wait in Jerusalem. Now Jerusalem was the uh, 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 the, the epic center for. Persecution, especially since Jesus was dead now, and they're going to be looking for those disciples, and it seems like the first thing that those disciples want to do is get out of Jerusalem. But Jesus told them to do something that was difficult, stay in Jerusalem. But you do realize they were up in the upper room. I don't think they went out to the grocery store. They just <laughs> stayed up in the upper room. But he told them to stay in Jerusalem. Okay, so this is... Um, evidence one, these men had to stay in a place that was very difficult for them to abide in, but Jesus told them to stay, and they stayed, right? Um, uh, it, it makes it very uh, 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 inappropriate for them to preach uh, that Christ had been r- resurrected. The uh, Pharisees and the scribes and all the leaders of Israel, that's where they abide, and they're going to uh, stay in Jerusalem. That was very difficult. The disciples had returned from the tomb eventually. This is, this is evidence number two. The disciples had returned from the tomb and saw that Jesus was not there. They eventually uh, heard uh, he had been resurrected. Which brings me to my next point. According to the gospel, the first person to see Jesus was a woman. Mary Magdalene, who was an ex-prostitute. Let me tell you this, the, 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 the testimony of women in that culture was not uh, very uh, regarded, it wasn't regarded very highly. So if the disciples want, uh, wanted to start a religion uh, of a uh, dead man, they definitely wouldn't have uh, created this narrative of sending a woman saying that Jesus had been resurrected, they wouldn't have used a woman. Obviously, it did happen. Jesus appeared to her. Now, we have a story where there was more than one woman went to the tomb, but Mary uh, Magdalene, it was something, a uh, 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 relationship, not, you know, not anything crazy, but it was uh, 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 a close relationship she had with Jesus, and uh, uh, she stayed there weeping. And Jesus appeared behind her and asked a woman, why are you weeping? And she thought he was the gardener. And then he called her name, and she said, Rabboni, that means teacher. So he appeared to her, right? Uh, for the sake of time, I would not. Uh, um, I would like to call four uh, people to continue in building my case. Two disciples on the road to Emmaus, the conversion of James, the the uh, uh, agnostic brother of Jesus, and Saul, the unbelieving Pharisee. Uh, first Luke twenty-four and twenty-four chapter give the account of two disciples on the way to Emmaus, who uh, who, as uh, the account goes, had lost uh, hope that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. They were headed back and they were talking among themselves about what had transpired. And the Bible says Jesus Himself, when they were talking about Him, said, "See, that's why it's good to to be talking about Jesus, <laughs> because Jesus Himself." came in among them. 
and asked them what they were talking about. And they began to tell them, and they said, for we thought it had been him who were going to redeem Israel. And, and, and Jesus eventually, uh, um, he rebuked them mildly, and he said, oh, uh, you know, foolish and slow of heart, must not Christ have suffered and to end into his glory? And I won't get into all of, of what he was saying in that, but those disciples, the Bible said, beginning with Moses and all other prophets, he began to expound on all the scriptures concerning himself. Man, I tell you, that must have been some kind of... Con Can you imagine? He must have gave them some kind of super understanding and super hearing because I don't know how close they were, but he did spend a little time with them because they recognized him after he broke bread with them. They, they, their eyes were open and they recognized who he was. But can you imagine beginning with Moses and all of the prophets? Um, uh, 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 Pastor Jones said something I had never considered when she was here. She talked about how those men went back to Jerusalem. Uh, they had lost hope and had went home because they thought it, would, it was him. They thought all hope was lost. And once Jesus talked with them, they went back. So these men are my second witnesses, I call. Then we have James. We have Jesus after his resurrection. The Bible tells us he appeared to several people who were not in the upper room uh, with his disciples when he appeared for the second time to convince Doubt and Thomas. The disciples, like we said, on the road to Emmaus, he appeared to Peter, and then Peter was in the upper room, but he appeared to him separately, and he appeared to his brother James. James was an agnostic. James was Jesus' brother, and he didn't know what to think of Jesus. You never hear that James followed him. James, his brother. Now, James, the brother John followed him, but not James, his brother. But James, his brother, only followed him after he was resurrected. He appeared to James. And the Bible said, oh my God, it couldn't just have been a spirit that James saw. Because whatever he saw convinced him enough to where he became the leader of the church in Jerusalem. My God, how you go from being an agnostic, I don't know whether to believe this or not, to being a leader in the church in Jerusalem. You had to see something. And it wasn't just your imagination. Oh, my God. Then we have the Apostle Paul, who was an unbelieving Pharisee. And at this time, he wasn't an apostle. He was Saul. And we all have read the scripture that talk about how he was breathing out cruelties and he wanted to destroy every, everybody and everything that was called on Jesus' name. And how the Lord appeared to Paul on the road to uh, uh, Damascus, and, and he ended up getting saved. Now, the same man who was persecuting the church now, he's one of the, he, he would eventually become one of the leading apostles. He is the apostle by whose doctrine we go by. Y'all know we, 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 we read Peter's doctrine and we, and we take it in, but it's the doctrine of the apostle Paul. Because he was the apostle to the Gentiles. We're talking about two men that were highly unlikely that they would have followed just anybody. It was what he saw that convinced him that this is real. Jesus appeared to them, and these men began to follow Jesus. You know, Doubt and Thomas in that upper room when, he's, uh, when they told Thomas, 
we were here and the master came and we touched him. We put our fingers in, 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 in his nail prints and, and, and we put it in the side and everything. Now, a lot of times we say Thomas done that, but the scripture never said Thomas did it. This is what Thomas told him. Thomas said, unless I put my fingers in it, he said, I would not believe. But when Thomas, when Jesus came and Thomas saw him, and this was the, 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 the crown of John's gospel. This is what John was trying to prove all through his gospel. When James saw him, James said, my Lord and my God. He didn't have to touch him. He didn't have to touch him. Oh, he, when he saw him, how can a man return back from what you endured? He was beaten without mercy. At least 351 lashes on his body, ripped from his flesh. They pulled his beard and they put a crown of thorns on his head and they mocked him and spit in his face and then they nailed him to a cross. And then if that wasn't enough, uh, the soldier, to make sure he was dead, he pierced him in his side and, and, and theologians believe it went into his heart because of the fluid that came out. How can he return from that? And people who say that he was just, he, he was just out for a little bit and then he regained consciousness and he walked out the tomb, that's That don't make sense. I'll get ready to say that's dumb, but that was that don't make sense. How can you recover from the beating he took and then you you you, you they, they pierce you in the side and it pierce your heart? How can you recover from that? They nailed you to a cross. You can't recover from that. You can't just wake up and then if he did wake up, who moved the stone? Then there was another theory that said that the disciples stole the body and moved it to another location. Okay, that don't make sense. Let me tell you why it don't make sense. Because first of all, we're going to read what these disciples, how they died, right? We'll read how they died. Second of all, they say Jerusalem or they say Israel is about the size of Rhode Island. If they wanted to, to just squash this movement, all they had to do was find a body. All they had to do was find a bone. Jonathan, they, look, it's been over 2,000 years and they ain't found nothing yet. Huh? I, if I find a bone, I can squash it. Haven't been able to find anything. That, that, that's another uh, a proof that he, he was resurrected. And he was resurrected bodily. It wasn't no just spirit, his spirit. No, it, his body was resurrected. The Bible says he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. And then Paul, to show you that he wasn't just throwing out something like something like that, he said most of them are still alive. So in other words, if you want to go interview him, you can. It would have been different had Paul said he appeared to more than 500 brethren and they're dead now. He said most of them are still alive. If you want to go interview him, have, have at it. He was resurrected. Proof, building, case for the resurrection. Uh, taking a look at the list of disciples that were willing to die for what they had seen and witnessed to be true, God, that God raised Jesus from the dead. Stephen, we know he was stoned to death. 
in Acts 6 through the 8th chapter. James, the brother of John, he was uh, uh, executed in, in AD 44 by the order of King Herod Agrippa of the first of Judea. He was, he, they, they, they just stabbed him. Uh, Matthew was said to have been pinned to the ground and beheaded with an instrument that was a combination of a spear and a battle axe. James the less, who was Jesus' half-brother, he was cast down from the temple tower. However, it is believed that the fall did not kill him, so his head was smashed with a club. Would you be willing to die like that for a lie? Now, these are historical facts. Uh, 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 Matthias was said to have been beheaded. Andrew was said to have been crucified on an X-shaped cross. Mark was said to have been drugged to pieces. Drugged to pieces. They saw something. And they were willing to die. Now, I'm just talking about them. I know you talk about the church fathers of the first century. I mean, this list can go on and on and on. A people that was willing to die, they had so much assurance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that they were willing to die and give up their life. The apostle Paul and Peter was condemned to be crucified, and traditions have it that he requested to be crucified upside down because he did not consider himself worthy to be crucified in the same position as his Lord. Paul was beheaded on uh, the execution block. To have a Jew, to have brother, another half brother of Jesus, uh, um, he was also crucified. Um, Bartholomew, he was cru- uh, 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 cruelly beating, beaten and eventually was crucified. Thomas was run through with spears and thrown into the flames of an oven. Luke is said to have been hung from an olive tree in Athens. John was said to have been arrested and cast into a large vessel filled with boiling oil that did not harm him, so he was banished to the Isle of Patmos. And he was still out there writing. How much more proof do you need, Your Honor? Uh, 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 Men and women at a jury, how much more proof do you need that this indeed happened in space, this is a space-time event, it happened. It's not something that we read about and it's just a good story, you know, even though they do uh, make movies about it, but it happened. And people wear the cross around their neck and not realizing what that really symbolized. Because I heard somebody say, I read read it somewhere, they say if they really knew what the cross symbolized, they would not be wearing it around their neck. The Jews would never say crucified. They would say lifted up because it was so cruel death that they died. Sometimes they hung there for days while the, 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 the birds and the insects just ate at them and their flesh began to rot. And these people died because of their faith. They died because they said, I'm not taken down. I know what I saw. And sometimes they were, said, they were told they're not Jesus and they wouldn't. Paul Lacart, that, uh, and I said I wouldn't talk about it, but just one, one guy I'm talking, I'm talking about, he was one of the church fathers in the first century uh, church, and they, uh, you know, he was condemned to die, and uh, they told him to take down, and he said, 85 years I served him, and he's never done me in the wrong. How can I turn my back on my Lord? And he died. 
for his faith. Oh, my God. You know, lastly, we today, we have sung the song at one time or another, I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me. He talks with me uh, along life's narrow way. He lives. He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. Elder, he lives within my heart. And this is where I wanted to get to because we have the testimonies and we can believe because it did happen in space and time. It did happen. But God wanted us to be assured also that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. He wanted each one of us to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus was resurrected from the dead because he lives in us. He's alive in me. And that changes the way that I behave. It changes my demeanor. It changes, I don't care what ran in my family. It changes all of that. Why? Because my DNA has changed. Well, what's my DNA now, Jesus? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm part of Jesus. The Bible says we're bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. When he comes, he's coming to, 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 to get us. Why? Because we are, his, we are his bride. And people talk about us uh, suffering the tribulation. No, he ain't gonna, I wouldn't let my wife go through nothing like that. Say that, say that. So what makes us think Jesus is going to allow us to go through the tribulation? It ain't going to happen, Captain. He's going to come and snatch, up, snatch us up out of here, and we're going to reign with him. And guess what? Now, this is hard for religious people to believe. Uh, angels going to be in subjection to us. Why? Because we are the bride. You're talking about John. John said, behold, what, 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 uh, um, you know, what, what position? I'm going to say this for like a, I think, uh, uh, that God has elevated us to, that we should be called the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. <laughs> but this we know. When he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We're not going to be like the angels. I don't know why people want wings so bad. I don't need them. Jesus didn't have them. We're going to be able to, but we don't need wings. Or like the old folks say, wing, wasn't there wings? <laughs> We're going to have a body made like unto his. Spending eternity with him. But right now, in this time, we have the, 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 the evidence of the resurrection abiding in us through the person of the Holy Ghost. He lives in us. And the thing that we need to rest assured is that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Now, not because I speak in tongue, not because I quicken, and not because I turn flips. All that will probably help you lose a couple of pounds, but that's about it. Bodily exercise profits little for a little while, but godliness is profitable unto all things. And so when the Holy Spirit lives in me, what I want to know is that my demeanor is changing. I want to know that what I used to get upset about, I don't get upset about anymore. Oh, it took me a while. 
The Holy Spirit had to put me in a place to where I got irritated. But now that irritation has, you know, I can deal with it now. He didn't change them, but he changed me. Oh, my God, that's the Holy Spirit I want. Keep the tongues. Now, I like tongues. Don't get me wrong. But if there was no tongues, what I want to do is make sure that I am presenting the Christ that walked the earth. I want to have the personality he had. I want to thank his thoughts after him. That's what I want. That's what God wants from each one of us. He don't want us to get satisfied with the status quo and go to church just to say, I went to church. Oh my God, help us. I went to church today and you're not trying to get anything. You're just going to church. You, you don't know what God's call is for your life and don't care. Is God happy with that? Did Christ die the death he died for you and I to just be blase, blase about life? I don't think he did. I don't think he did. So ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I would like to, uh, <laughs> in my closing remarks, I would like to say that God's will for you and I is that we know beyond the shadow of a doubt that Christ is alive in us today. God bless you. At this time, we're going to open the altar up for anybody who